Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. Presented by Cape and Cowl Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today I am once again joined by Rainier. Rainier, how goes? Hey, what's up, Henry? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, man. I think this is our first one for the 2018. It is. It is indeed. And yes, Happy New Year. Um, and I think... Uh, for the most part, wrapping up 2017 and kicking the year off 2018, it's been pretty positive vibes, you know? Yeah, yeah. You started 2018 taking advantage of our new California law. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was an entertaining one for sure. Exactly, exactly. Um, you made it to the finish line, though, on that cast. <laughs> barely. Barely. barely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was pretty wrecked that day. Like, I was definitely in a a low energy mode for <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been mainly positive, maybe a little different today because today we're going to talk about Rotten Tomatoes and neither of us are exactly, are, are exactly too stoked about the Rotten Tomato, Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter. Yeah, I agree. I think you and I share the same sentiment about those Dirty, rotten scoundrels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're going to dig in a little bit. And I've been debating a little bit what to name this episode. One of the titles I was thinking of was I Hate Rotten Tomatoes. I was even thinking of the possible title, Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, you're going straight in your face. I mean, that could be... We'll see how the conversation goes. I, I'm leaning a little more toward I Hate because, you know, the F word is very strong uh but I would, I would lean on like rotten tomatoes everywhere like you can't avoid it yeah it is everywhere and that's probably one of my biggest complaints i agree you know the the system itself it, it is flawed but it is it is in itself a useful metric it is one singular metric but it is a somewhat useful metric, but the fact that it's everywhere and people are really using it for the like the end all be all of is this movie good or bad? Yeah, like it's date, it's date night and there's a number of movies you want to look at. Oh, which one's got the highest Rotten Tomato rating? Yeah, you look at the score. I've heard people say that. Like, yeah, out loud. People do this. They look at the score and they they base their behavior on it you know if it's high enough they'll go see the movie if it's low enough they won't and yeah. they won't read the reviews at all they'll just go by this one number and th that's that's i think that we're in, we're in agreement there i think that's the problem that's the big problem yeah yeah right? and you know on the industry side too this is something i've been noticing in the last year or so is that the movie companies are using it as a as an advertising tool like oh yeah. come see our movie it's rated fresh at 90 whatever percent yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't want to hear that. I want to make the percentage <laughs> conclusion on my own after I see the movie. Right. Yeah, That that's when I think both of us started to really kind of despise the tomato meter. It, it's when we started to see the rating in advertising. So kind of a, a double whammy there. One, like neither of us really want to see the, the score before we see the movie. Like it, it, it's a bit of a spoiler, right? So that sucks. I'd rather not see that at all. Number two, it is kind of feeding into this idea that, oh, the tomato meter is, is this 
end all be all sort of thing. Like that's the rating that everyone's gonna go on, you know, and it just doesn't make any sense. And like I understand it's a number, right? And it doesn't tell you anything about the story, it doesn't it doesn't spoil anything, but what's in the back of my head is if something if I see a rotten tomato score I'm going to think in the back of my head, okay, this is the expectation that I'm going to see because I'm going to compare it to other movies that have been rated at that same amount. Mm -hmm. And not, you know, the the playing field is not totally even. Yeah. It definitely definitely plays into the whole expectation thing. Like when you're watching a movie, like when we talk spoilers, like traditionally we're talking about plot spoilers. But I think the reason why you and I consider Rotten Tomatoes a spoiler is that it it tampers with expectations. You know, we're not given any plot spoilers, but whatever that score is, it's in the back of our head. And and the whole time we're watching a movie, it's sort of like, oh, is it is it, you know, at that level? Is it higher? Is it lower? And but it's there. It's something we think about, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, do you, do you do you remember uh, before Rotten Tomatoes? Like way before I don't know anything. You remember Siskel and Ebert? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Two thumbs up, one thumbs up, one thumbs down. <laughs> right. Exactly. At least you get two voices heard here, right? Yeah, and I did want to address that. Like, what did we all do before Rotten Tomatoes? You know, like everyone's using it now. But Rotten Tomatoes has not been around a long time. What did we all do before then? Siskel Niebert is a great example. Yeah. A lot of people thumbs tuned up, in. Thumbs down. Yep. Yeah. Um, for me, it was my local paper, the San Francisco Chronicle. I would go off of their review. If people are familiar, it'd be like the dude in the chair. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it'd be like. Uh, Zero stars would be like an empty chair, like the guy like left the fucking theater, right? <laughs> One star would be the guy, he's in the chair, but he's asleep. <laughs> Two star is the guy is in his chair, and he's just kind of looking stoically at the screen. Three stars would be the guy is in his chair, he's applauding. And then the four star review would be the guy is like in his chair. He's out of his chair. He's, he's so excited. He's out of his chair, just going bonkers, you know. Uh, so it's kind of fun. Um I do have a friend that yeah. sleeps almost at every movie we've seen, every big action like superhero <laughs> film. So he may skew your your results a bit if you ever sit next okay. to this guy. Okay, got it. I'm talking to you, Ray. <laughs> nice. Um, subsequently, uh, after going off of the San Francisco Chronicle reviews, I, I went to Entertainment Weekly, and they still do reviews too. They give the, the letter grade. Um, so that, that was kind of my my uh, pre-Rotten Tomatoes methods of, yeah. of, of movie reviews. It'd be uh, Siskel and Liebert, SF Chronicle, and Entertainment Weekly. I, now, don't, I don't think mine were, was as complex. That's, that's, oh, yeah. that's a lot to go through. I think I just relied on word of mouth, like what my friends were watching. Mm. And mm. that's another thing yeah. that Rotten Tomatoes completely lacks. There's no human element to it. Like, oh, what do your friends think? You know, and just having conversations. And, you know, on one hand... My methods, reading the Chronicle, Entertainment Weekly, Siskel and Ebert, you could argue that, well, that's, that's very short-sighted. Like if I'm looking at uh, the Chronicle reviewer, so the, the main Chronicle reviewer I would read reviews of was Mick LaSalle, and he made some pretty wild you know, ratings in his day for sure. Uh, but the thing is, I not only 
saw his rating, but I, I read his review. I read the whole review, you know, and I think there's a lot to that reading reviews in their completion, um, uh, oh, in their entirety, you mm-hmm. know, because, you know, maybe my rating would be different than the reviewer, but I can get a lot out of their text. Did you recall you a know? lot of those reviews being spoilery? No. You know, I, I don't I don't recall them being spoilery, but I, I don't think I was as sensitive to spoilers back then. So maybe there were a little bit. But, you know, anytime you're dealing with, like, a professional film journalist, I think they're going to be pretty good about, like, protecting plot points, you know? Yeah, the art form of the critic. Yeah. But just again to my point about, like, reading full reviews, like, I can get – oftentimes I can get more out of the written review – in terms of, am I going to like this movie or not, than the actual rating they gave, you know. Um, and again, if you're looking at simply the Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter score, you're not getting, you know, the write-up. You know, you're not getting those little nuances and, and things that might clue you in onto if you really are going to enjoy a movie or not, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a big missing component. And... Another flaw, in addition to that sort of like human element to it, is how they come up with the rating in the first place. I, I think that's that's a flawed system too, you know? Yeah, because it's you either like it or you don't like it. Yeah, right. There's no, if you kind of like it, then it's good. <laughs> or mm-hmm. if you kind of don't like it, it's it's bad. There, there's none of that. You just named like the number one problem with the score you know a a kind of liked it review and a totally love it this is a modern masterpiece those are given the same weight those are both fresh ratings you know same thing on the other side if if a a, a reviewer just despises a movie this is the worst movie i've seen in 10 years versus you know oh this movie it had some points uh to like but ultimately i you know i kind of didn't like it again they get the same rating it's it's a it's a rotten review and it's it's really flawed so i thought i'd break it down with a little bit of math so let's say there are three reviewers for a movie and two of the three enjoyed the movie and gave it a, a a fresh rating so with those three reviews the the film will get a 66% rating on RT, a fresh rating, you know, but it won't take into account to how much these reviewers liked or didn't like the movie, right? Those two positive reviews might have been very borderline, like they didn't really like the movie, but just enough for them to recommend it. <laughs> and maybe that third reviewer just hated it, you know. Let's say he gave it one star and then... Uh, the other two reviewers gave it like a marginal three out of five. So again, that's there you go. That's you know uh, a, a 66% rating, and we're talking on a scale if we a cumulative scale of like seven out of 15 stars, right? Yeah. Not very good, right? Yep, yep. So yeah, it's it's extremely extremely flawed. Okay, so uh, oh oh, just real quick. Um, I did want to mention that, you know, as much as we're going to sort of 
jump on and tear apart Rotten Tomatoes here. I actually have a little bit of history with this company. I technically worked for Rotten Tomatoes at some point in my career. Oh, you were part of the evil empire. <laughs> you could say so. I mean, not directly, but I was an employee of IGN Entertainment uh, for some time. And Rotten Tomatoes was acquired by IGN. And I actually did some work for them. So like on the Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes homepage, there was at one point a, an advertisement, uh, advertising placement that advertisers could purchase. It was the certified fresh box. So for movies that were deemed certified fresh by Rotten Tomatoes, uh, advertisers for those movies could purchase this ad placement and just sort of highlight the fact that they've been uh, deemed certified fresh. Yeah, and they're, I, they're sponsoring it, right? Yeah, yeah yep, exactly. Yeah. And I was uh, the guy. I was the trafficker and troubleshooter of that that very placement. <laughs> and I was you know, pretty proud of that. You know, I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm part of this, this cool little thing. Um, Does that ad unit still exist on uh, RT? I don't think so. Uh, and of course, this is back when, I mean, we're talking like 2007, that that era. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rotten Tomatoes website was like, that was the go-to. Like, I think Rotten Tomatoes is more known for being uh, ratings you see in apps and that sort of thing now. Yeah. And that was like non-existent, right? Rotten Tomatoes mobile was like, what's that? You know, it, it was all on the, the, desk, the desktop website. And yeah, I don't think uh it's really at least that ad placement is is really a thing there anymore yeah (laughs) so at that time if you wanted to see a rotten tomato score you'd have to go to the website to see it it wasn't widely available as it is now right that's right that's a great point yeah yeah you would actually have to go in to rottentomatoes.com and check it out there now it's everywhere it's everywhere Everywhere. man oh man when you're yeah when you're buying your tickets in the advertising placements you should. I think you mentioned this before, but mentioned how you were kind of spoiled to <laughs> Star Wars, Wars, right? The Last the Jedi. The Last Jedi. Yeah. yeah what man. happened there? So it's a week before the movie's gonna premiere, and uh, you and I were very clear about let's avoid spoilers at any cost. And I think every Star Wars fan was oh, doing yeah. the same exact thing. In fact, the Last Jedi's marketing campaign is you don't want to spoil this yeah right so <laughs> yeah. even they were on board <laughs> so it comes to the time i'm going to purchase my tickets and i find my theater i find my seats lo and behold i've gone through this entire process it's on the buying page when i'm actually going to buy my tickets where i'm putting my credit card on the site and the rotten tomato is score is 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 this huge number that's on that on that page yeah. And I'm like, do they think this through? Like, they know I'm already at this point and I'm about to enter my credit card number. Do they really need to continue to oversell me by throwing in the Rotten Tomato number? Right. That makes no sense oh, to me, man. so annoying. I mean, are they thinking, you know, the, the opposite effect of that. What if I was purchasing tickets for a movie that was not rated highly? What if it came in at, like, a low score and I'm about to make my credit card purchase and I maybe reconsider my purchase like oh man i don't know this is low lowly rated should i <laughs> reconsider buying these tickets i don't know it's it seems ridiculous that it's on that page like they're overselling that rotten tomato number yeah that's ridiculous and that does really il- illustrate how prevalent this score is like people are posting it everywhere you know and and yeah the, in the advertising we see it 
it's used as an advertising tool and it's it's really annoying if you if you google search it that number is right next to the movie title if you're looking to buy your tickets it's right next to the movie title it's you you really can't escape the rotten tomato number yeah so true and i recently uh, ran into this problem too so um you know, I had I had the problem of getting spoiled to a Rotten Tomato score just looking up movie listings. I wasn't even at the point that you got where you're just about to buy the tickets. I just wanted to look up the uh, the movie times. You know, I, I bought I ended up buying the tickets at the box office. Um, I just wanted to see what the, the what time <laughs> the movie was showing. Show times. It's in the show times. It's page. in the show times. You know. Oh my goodness. Um, so this was kind of the boiling point for me because for a couple reasons. So I recently saw a movie called Proud Mary, really good movie starring Taraji P. <coughs> Taraji P. Henson, and um, it's uh, it's a kind of a cool sort of throwback, straightforward action movie, kind of in the vein of. 70s black exploitation, so very much like a, like a Pam Greer 70s action movie, a lot of fun, and I wanted to go see this movie, so I looked up Showtimes, and I knew that the app that uh, I've used for a while, the Flickster app, does show Rotten Tomatoes scores. Somehow in the past, I've I've been able to sort of avoid it because I kind of put my hand <laughs> over like the rating, <laughs> but they keep changing the like the dashboard, the interface of it. So they're I just, they're just force feeding it down uh, your throat. Man. Yeah, and I was not able to. I, I had my hands up, I had one eye open. I still couldn't avoid the fucking tomato meter, which was really low for this movie. <laughs> it, it it is uh, it was and is very low. It currently is at twenty five percent. Twenty five percent. That oh, is great. Now I'm not going to see that movie is definitely rotten <laughs> and um yeah no i was i was close to not going to see this movie i'm like oh shit it's getting panned critically and i was sort of like well if anything this might be a nice little test because i i've always told myself and we've had conversation about conversations about how the rt system is, is flawed put it to the test you know let, let, let's test it out let's see if it really is a, a 25% score. And sure enough, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that score was bullshit. So it really just sort of confirmed the fact that the tomato meter is bullshit. So really two things here. Um, the, the score is, is too, is too uh, prevalent. You know, it's, it's everywhere. I was not able to avoid uh, this number. And the number itself was fucking bullshit, man. Like, I, I completely disagree with it. And yeah, just end the story. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm officially done with this tomato meter. Dude, you know what? Now that I think about it, you know what would have been a great experiment is if we just throw out movies out there and you and I kind of just, we, you and I guess what the Rotten Tomato score would be. Yeah. And and just surprise ourselves <laughs> to what it actually is. But I think yeah. a lot of the movies that we've watched, because we can't avoid the Rotten Tomato number, we already know at the, you know, we already know what it is. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know that that's a fun little experiment, but the problem is. We kind of already know it because it's so prevalent that we just we it's just kind of a known thing and this is terrible. Okay, hold on a second before you move on. Yeah. So what was the name of that movie again? It was uh, uh, Lady. What is it? Oh, uh, it's called Proud Mary. Proud Mary, and you yeah. said it's at twenty six percent. Twenty five. Okay, twenty five percent. Okay, if you had to compare it to another movie that was, in your opinion, equally as good or just as entertaining, what would it be? Okay, so. I mean, a good one, I think, would be Atomic Blonde, 
which is like the Charlie Charlize Theron, quote unquote, white version <laughs> of this movie. It's a female-led action movie. Okay. Guess what Atomic Blonde got? I'm guessing quite high, like 70 or so. Oh, pretty good. 77%. Okay, see. <laughs> but you're comparing them in sort of similar ways, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like the entertainment level was there. I think so. They're very comparable. Absolutely. Interesting. I mean, I know they're completely different movies. Yeah. But you would think that if they were comparable in your eyes in terms of enjoyment, entertainment, that they should, there should be some consistency there, right? Absolutely. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Both of those movies, I think, have a similar target audience. They have uh, similar aspects that are... Um, you know, appealing aspects. You know, it's a female-led action movie, and um, yeah, and and they're both like you know fun flicks. You know, so it's, it's ridiculous that it's like it's such a night and day in terms of the the RT rating. <laughs> yeah, that's a good example you just threw out. Um, Let me give you another yeah. example. Okay, yeah, please. <laughs> so they just made a movie about this movie. The Disaster Artist is about the sto- is about the story and the making of the movie The Room, right? Right. And The Room is 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 touted as probably the worst film out there and it's it's mm-hmm. like it's so bad that it's it's that good right yep. right mm-hmm. can you guess the rotten tomato score on that one <laughs> i mean i only because i think we discussed this okay. not long ago but like you're talking about the room or you're talking about disaster i'm artist? talking about the room okay yeah i mean I think it was in his 20s or something okay 26 percent. Right? okay and this is what people are saying is the worst movie ever <laughs> made ever made <laughs> yeah okay batman versus superman did you like Batman vs. Superman? I did not. You hated it. I, I, I wouldn't say hated it, but I definitely gave it a thumbs down. Okay, you gave it a thumbs down. So The Room is one percentage lower than Batman vs. <laughs> Superman. I like Batman vs. Superman. And a lot of people did. And I can see why a lot of people don't like it, yep. because it's not Marvel for one thing. <laughs> right. But I don't think they deserve to be in the same bucket. And I know people completely trashed Batman vs. Superman. I don't blame them. Um but I enjoyed it. But I, I see your argument. You're saying the level of enjoyment that I saw in Batman versus Superman, like it, it, you know, it, it can't compare to to what the room is. I mean, geez. <laughs> yeah, to, to consider it one tick above the worst movie ever made is is a bit of a stretch, right? <laughs> <laughs> Blade yeah. Trinity. Have you seen Blade Trinity? I have not. I've okay. heard bad things, but I I'm have a not huge. Seen it. I'm a huge fan of of the Blade series. Yeah, except for that movie. Okay, <laughs> Blade One, fifty four percent. Okay, but also keep in mind this was before the Marvel Universe had kicked off. Mm-hmm. I think people can argue that Blade was the first like Marvel movie. You know, yeah. To, people to, to, maybe to, audiences weren't quite ready for it, perhaps. Right. right. Okay. okay. Yeah. Blade Two. I thought it was it, it was better than its uh, predecessor. I agree. Guillermo del Toro on Blade 2. It was an awesome movie. Yeah, awesome. Blade 3 just completely f- went down the toilet for me. Yeah. 25%. <laughs> so Blade, Trinity, The Room. Okay, I can see. <laughs> Batman versus Superman? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> just out of curiosity, how did Blade 2 do on the tomato meter? Blade 2 did 57%. It did three ticks ah. higher than Blade 1. And under RT metrics... A rotten movie. Yeah. So, so there's again, their sort of arbitrary stats are a sixty percent or higher is considered fresh, 
59% or, or lower is rotten. Y you're going to tell me that Blade 2, the masterpiece from Guillermo del Toro, is a rotten fucking movie? Yeah. I mean, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. No. And, uh, oh, let, yeah. me, let me ask you this. Go ahead. Did you like Suicide Squad? Uh, again, not a huge fan of that did one. Did you like it better than Batman vs. Superman? <laughs> uh, I did. Okay. I did. 26%. Yeah. The same <laughs> score as The Room. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty mind-boggling. Yeah, like, even if you hated it, like, how could it be in the same percentage score? Yeah. It's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And, and real quick, as uh, we're, we're getting into specific movies, before I forget, uh, there, there is a workaround for getting spoiled, at least on the Flickster app. So, like, literally after my Proud Mary experience, which ultimately was a good one. I enjoyed the movie. Um, but right after I, uh, I deleted <laughs> the Flickster app and I started to look for other apps that I can use. So I'm currently using the Fandango app and the Fandango app is good because it's really just like the Flickster app, but they've taken the Rotten Tomato score. Oh, see, they know away. They, they've they, taken it out. There must be an awareness of this then out there. I think so. Because I don't, I mean, when I talk to people about Rotten Tomatoes, I don't know if they share the same dispassion I have about it. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like because of what Fandango has done, it sounds like it does exist. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, so yeah, let's let's keep talking movies. I think the, the more examples we give, the uh, the better our argument here is. Um, I, I wanted to talk about this movie called The Neon Demon. Love this movie. This is my favorite movie of 2016. Not not a well known movie, um, but is uh, I loved it. You know, um, and it's you know definitely an independent movie, and and it's pretty out there. But uh, I did avoid any sort of tomato meter on this, and I, I was really surprised to hear that it was it was scored rotten, close to fresh, but it was a fifty-eight percent, and um, just more fuel fuel to the fire, man. Like um, it just it, it boggles my mind. And that does bring up one thing, like a movie like this, it almost makes sense to me that it didn't do well on the tomato meter because it's, uh, it's kind of a polarizing movie. It's kind of controversial. It's got some controversial imagery and it's, it's very non-mainstream. It's almost kind of like an experimental movie. So it, anytime you get any sort of, sort of uh, edgy, risky kind of films they they can do poorly on the tomato meter because they are exactly what i mentioned they're they're controversial they, they are divisive they are polarizing so with a polarizing movie a lot of people are going to love it a lot of people are, are going to hate it you know and that'll tend toward a 50 50 split 50 percent is rotten you know uh, you know on the flip side there can be these sort of crowd-pleasing movies that like like critic-proof movies you know um that everyone enjoys maybe not loves like you know? every disney marvel movie <laughs> i mean that that you could say that um one example i wanted to give was the, the this movie ladybird which i've seen and i i did like and it's kind of being hailed as the best reviewed movie ever and it's an interesting statement because you know, on the flip side of Neon Demon, where it's it's very experimental and edgy and polarizing, this movie, 
I can also see how it's doing so well on Rotten Tomatoes because it's um, well th the context a bit is you know 2017 is very you know we got the whole Me Too movement and Trump is president. There's a lot of female empowerment going on with the women's marches and everything. So this movie really taps into that. You know, it's a it's a female directed, female starring, female centric movie, right? And um, it's done really well critically. And I'm not saying that like the positive reviews have all been very borderline, but I, I, my suspicion is that there are a lot of pretty borderline thumbs up here, myself included. Like I saw this movie. And I did enjoy it. You know, if I was a Rotten Tomato certified critic, I would give it a fresh rating. But it would be like a three out of five. It'd be like kind of borderline, right? And I, I just I feel I have a feeling that that's kind of the way it is. And to say that, you know, these kind of movies are that much better than these sort of experimental and like riskier movies, uh, it is that's bullshit. And you know, you, you talked about the DCEU movies. And I think there is a, a bit of, of riskiness there, you know, like um, these movies, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, Justice League, there, there is an aspect of like we're not just, you know, kind of feeding audiences exactly what they want. You know, I think Zack Snyder really had kind of a, a pretty specific vision on these movies, right? And again, it, it, if, you, if you have that approach on a film, it could be. It could lend itself to being very polarizing, and and thus doing shitty on Rotten Tomatoes. There's just a very bandwagon feel there. Yeah. If it's not Marvel, then it's it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's a nice segue to uh, to the MCU movies. And you know me, I, I love these movies. Like I, I am in love with Marvel Studios, and yet. Uh, there, there's some real head scratchers here, right? Okay, hold on, Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, can you, you and I know that the first Iron Man was awesome, right? Absolutely, near perfect. Yep. Iron Man two. Did you like it? I um. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Okay, I liked it. I liked Iron Man two a lot. Okay. Iron Man three. Did not like it. Garbage. At all. <laughs> I hated Iron Man three. Yeah, I, I really, I really did not. Because like there it. was no Iron Man. Yeah, right. <laughs> there were Iron Men, <laughs> no Iron Man. Right. There was Tony Stark outside of the suit. There were like Iron Man drones, but the Iron Man as we know it was was definitely lacking. So yeah, you want to pull so up let's, the RT let's, scores? Let's hop to the RT scores for Iron Man. <laughs> let's pull let's up the, the series. All right, Iron Man one, ninety four percent. I think it's very in line with how we. You know, viewed it. Yep, and how fans, critics, and the general audience uh, viewed it. Ninety-four percent. Iron Man two. Could you take a guess at this one? Uh, I, my recollection is it did pretty well, like in the eighties, thereabouts. Seventy-three percent. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> um, so, uh, so, so not quite where I thought it would have been. I thought it would have been. I thought it would have been closer to to one. Okay. Yeah. Closer to Iron Man 1, sorry, not 1%. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Iron Man 3. I know this because I looked it up. 80%, okay. 80%. right? 80%. How did Iron Man 3 beat out Iron Man 2? I don't get it. Yeah. That is not only 
a fresh rating, but a certified fresh rating. So Rotten Tomatoes has another category of certified fresh. This goes back to that like ad placement I did. Yeah, it, it's like uh, I believe 75% and up is a certified fresh rating. Certified fresh for Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 was garbage. Yeah, it's uh, it really makes you wonder. Another Marvel Studios movie that I really did not like is Thor The Dark World. That didn't fare as well, but still a 66% tomato meter for which I feel is the worst of the MCU movies, and I really despised it. And again, it's it's a fresh rating on RT, and it, it, it boggles the mind, man. I don't know. <laughs> let, let me tell you these, these, these comic movies. <laughs> All right. Keep it coming. Catwoman, Elektra. I mean, those were terrible movies, right? Um, I would think that I would assume everyone would be on board with the same sentiment towards those films. Rotten Tomatoes, Catwoman, nine percent. Elektra, ten percent. Okay. Have you seen Ultraviolet? Uh, you know, I I did see that one. Okay, so Ultraviolet uh, was made by the creators that did Equilibrium. Okay. So I, I had high expectations for this movie. Okay, that's the one with Mia, Mila Jovovich, Mila right? Mila Jovovich, yeah. yeah. Okay. This has got to be the first movie I've seen where there was more action than there was any storytelling <laughs> or, or, yeah, or dialogue for that matter. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't the best, but, you know, it was a bit of a letdown. Okay. It got 9%. Okay. Now, I don't think it was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's, you know, a lot of these just don't make any sense. And I think, look, if we were given a score and then were talked through it, that'd be one thing, you know, like like I had mentioned before, like a, an SF Chronicle review, an entertainment, an entertainment Weekly review, a Siskel and Ebert review. Um, I'm not going to agree with everything these critics have to say, but the, when they talk about why they liked it, why they didn't like it, that's when it starts making some sense. Like, oh, okay, I, I understand your point of view, and I can even sort of formulate, like, oh, you know, oh, that that thing that you didn't like, I don't think that would be a problem for me, or that thing that uh, you liked about the movie. I like movies for that same reason you mentioned. I'm going to see this movie. You know, with just the score, you know, you can't have that that reasoning, you know? So it's 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 very problematic. Absolutely. Let me tell you about <laughs> There's so many of these, man. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Star Wars the Phantom Menace. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So I like this. Yeah. Of course, this was the first Star Wars movie to come up after the original trilogy. So, yeah, a lot of excitement. And it's mm-hmm. it's Star Wars. It's got to be great. <laughs> and you yeah. and I both admitted that we bought into the hype. We're like, Star Wars, it's awesome. It was like the best yeah. Star Wars yeah. ever. And then as the days continued, started to realize, oh, man, The Phantom Menace, uh, maybe it wasn't that great. Yep. yep and yep. to today, it's like, wow, that was that was horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. 55%. 55. And you're telling me that beat out Justice League? Justice League's at 40%. Right. And you're telling me that these critics, more often than not, had a positive experience. You know, more people liked the movie than disliked it at 55%, right? And to, to say that now, like, like who the hell is going to admit to liking episode one? You know, like, it, it is universally hated. You know, it, it really 
That's crazy. Jake Lloyd himself hates it. <laughs> Everyone is Anakin this. Anakin Skywalker hates it. <laughs> this is the one. This is the introduction of Jar Jar Binks. Like the joke of all jokes. You know, like yeah, it's crazy. And dude. you're telling me that's like near the same bucket as Justice League? Come on. I mean, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Justice League. I thought it was a lot of fun. And what is the the RT score for for Justice, Justice League? Justice League's at forty percent. Okay, considerably lower than the Phantom Menace. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's wild stuff, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, so hey, real quick, going back to Marvel Studios, there have been some conspiracy theories about Disney kind of. You know, shoving oh, their man. weight around, kinda, you know. You kind of have to wonder. I mean, the big bad mouse. Yeah, look. So when, when I first heard these these theories about Disney sort of influencing movie reviewers to give favorable reviews, when I first heard it, I thought, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is just like, you know, this is like fake news. This is bullshit. But, you know, the more I think about it and the more I see these sort of outlandish ratings, there might be something to it. You know, and here's what here's why. So if you go to RottenTomatoes.com, you can see you can see the scores and you can you can read the reviews. And, you know, if there's anything, any takeaway from our discussion today is maybe don't go by just the the rating, the tomato meter. Read these reviews. I think there's that can be helpful. But it's all there on RottenTomatoes.com. And you'll see that in the. Tomato Meter score, they include all Rotten Tomato, Rotten Tomato certified critics. So yes, your New York Times, your Washington Post, like, you know, the bigger names, they're, they're in there. But you know who else is in there? All the rinky-dink bloggers <laughs> who somehow got this, you know, quote-unquote, like, Rotten Tomatoes certification. They're in there, too. You know, all these scores we've read, they do encompass major professional journalists, you know, but they also include a lot of people that, you know, I don't, who are these people? You better tread carefully (laughs) here because they're certified. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, not to take away from these people, these are are our people. You know, we do the same thing. We we review movies on this podcast and who the hell are we, you know? So I I don't want to take away from them at all. But my argument is this, and we talked about this a little bit earlier today. It's that, okay, a a big powerhouse media conglomerate like Disney, I don't think they're going to be able to influence like a New York Times reviewer. I think there's a level of journalistic integrity there, etc. But I absolutely think that Disney could influence some of these rinky-dink blogger types. Oh, I agree with you. Yep, I'm right there with you. Look, so if we're looking at Iron Man 3, for example. Iron Man 3, there's a lot of writing on this for Disney and Marvel Studios, and they got a lot of money to throw around, a lot of clout. So if you were to tell me that, okay, let's say there's this little rinky-dink blogger living in his parents' basement, whatever, you know. (laughs) They weren't a big fan of Iron Man 3 like we were. Maybe he didn't hate it. You know, he's going to give it a 2 out of 5 stars, a rotten score. Um, Maybe Disney says, hey, you know what? You didn't totally hate this movie. Maybe you could, like, up it a bit. Give it a a 3 out of 5. And, you know, maybe we'll invite you uh, 
to our next oh, premiere. We'll invite you to the red carpet. There oh, you go. let's put you in this let's put you in this fancy hotel. <laughs> oh, right. you want to hang out with Scarlett Johansson? <laughs> sure. I think, you know, logic dictates that that situation the reviewer would like you know, change, turn it change up their tune. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I would do it. I would fucking do it in heartbeat, <laughs> man. Come on. So I think uh, there's uh, there's no question that there's some of that. And they also have on. enough money to, to keep this quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So to say that is it is just not done, period. I think that's that's pretty short sighted. Right. Yeah. So. So, I mean, it's it's. Uh, it's unfortunate, but I think it's a thing. I think we need a new, uh, we need a new rating system to at least have another voice, you know, thrown in there. So it's yeah. not solely on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Absolutely. Should we create that, Henry? Is that our is that our new <laughs> business a, venture? There's a there's a new um, business opportunity for us. I think <laughs> you know. We'll call it Fresh Carrots. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. I like it. So, oh, another thing on Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know, with we talked a little bit about Star Wars: The Last Jedi. So, oh yeah, okay. there's not yeah, there's not only the critics' rating, but there's the audience score too. Yep. Now, the audience score, people don't look at as nearly as much as the critics. Well, because score. it's also not as it's not in big bold font. It's also yeah. a little grayed out to the side. Yeah, but. My point is this. So it is still used by Rotten Tomatoes. It is very visible. You know, if you go to RottenTomatoes.com, you look up uh, the tomato meter, you're going to see this audience score too, right? So the audience score for The Last Jedi was... The audience score too, you don't necessarily have to be a professional critic. This could just oh, be yeah. someone that signs in and has a, 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 you know, has a login ID to Rotten Tomatoes and exactly. can throw their, their voice uh, exactly. into the review. Right. So, so therein lies the problem with... Star Wars: The Last Jedi. The audience score was like terrible. It was was like off the charts shitty. Four percent. Yeah, it, it was like the hugest discrepancy between the critics' review and the audience review. Like I think ever something like that, right? Crazy discrepancy. The critic review was a ninety-six percent. Man, I mean, yeah, that's huge, right? I mean, it, it had people like wondering what the hell is going on, and you know what happened was there was a. Uh, there was there was some hacking involved. You know, there was like bots. You know, there were. Um, oh, is that what they uncovered? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, 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 that that there were some you know haters there, and there are many you know the last Jedi haters. But they took it to the next level here. They 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 like they 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 hacked the system and had all these negative audience ratings generated. So what does that tell you? Okay, I mean I don't think we're seeing this with the the main critics tomato meter but it just it just fueled through the fire that rotten tomatoes cannot be trusted you know what i mean they are not the end all be all <laughs> see the movie for yourself that's how i always feel the same way i'm like I, this is how i feel see the movie for yourself make your own judgment make your own rotten tomato score yeah and you know i keep going back to this but i, I think there there is there is benefit to reading movie reviews so okay i think there, there's i guess maybe the, the 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 best situation is going into a movie without any sort of expectation you don't know the rt score you haven't read any 
movie reviews, you haven't seen trailers and whatnot, you're going in completely fresh. Um, Which is but, nearly impossible. <laughs> yeah, it's nearly impossible. Like, we live in the real world here. And I understand, you know, there's a movie coming out. Uh, y- you want to, you wanna, you know, read about it and get psyched up about it. Um, instead of going off of a, a tomato meter, read some of these reviews, you know. Get a gist of, like, what these, you know, professional writers have to say and and you know you can make your own or just opinions. Watch, watch the movie how about how about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and i think we've also pointed out that you know even those tomato meters everywhere you know there are ways to avoid it you know the the fandango app you can you can look up show times without getting spoiled to to the rating um so it's not impossible you know i think it, it, it nowadays it, it takes a little bit of effort to avoid uh, getting spoiled to this tomato meter, um, but there are ways around it. Yeah. Dodge the system. <laughs> yeah. Just watch the movie. Make your own mind. Yeah, exactly. Don't let a number determine what you're going to see and what you're not going to see. If you like it, you like it. Well, yep. for, and I know we've talked about this at length about like, why the hell do they need to advertise Star Wars so heavily? You know, everyone, there's already a built in fan base. Yeah. And I don't think there's anyone on the planet that's like, what's Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's crazy to me. You know, like, you know, the, the, the last two movie franchises that need to be like boosted in movie movie ratings is Star Wars and Marvel Studios, right? I mean, people are going to see these fucking movies regardless, Who's right? Who's not going to watch Avengers Infinity War? I know. So why do they need to tinker with with this stuff? And I think, for me, that's kind of why I thought, oh, no, come on, you, you, you silly fanboys. They're not doing anything. You know, I thought, like, they don't need that. But then I start to look at these ratings, like Iron Man 3, 80%. Wait a minute. Something is up. You know, something is up. I'd like to see. I'd like to see movie trailers go back to the way they used to be, where they were true, like teaser trailers. Like you didn't see much. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything. Yeah. gets Everything gets leaked, and I, I think that I think the thing is that everything gets gets leaked to the point where movie studios are like, okay, let's just put it in the trailer because people already have an idea of what this is. Uh, I'm sure that social media. I'm pretty sure played a pretty big part in this. That's part of it. And that's all where you, all, you, all you people that just can't wait for the movie to come out. God, <laughs> just yeah. wait for the movie to come out. <laughs> yeah. Like, how lame is that for you to, like, leak stuff? Like, why can't you just, you know, maybe you saw, you know, a, a trailer early. You know, you went to Hall H at Comic-Con or something. Um, just enjoy it. Like, yeah. why do you have to, like, film it and, like, leak it out? Like, like enjoy the magic you know? show. Don't go in and find out what the magic trick is. Just enjoy yeah. the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, cool, man. I think um, uh, this discussion, for me at least, sort of started with... I, I just went back, and you know, we talk a lot of movies on this show, and um, every time we talk about a movie or recapping it or whatever, we, we, we end up talking about the Rotten Tomatoes score, or you know, it, it comes up like all the time. So um, I thought we would kind of hash it out, rant it out a little bit, because... It, it's it's yeah it's too much it's it's like i'm I'm like i said this earlier but i'm, I'm really done with this shit like i'm done with it's the tomato meter it's just overboard man it's just everywhere <laughs> again you just cannot escape it you yeah. can't escape it even if you try really hard i know <laughs> you're trying to you're trying to explain a workaround but even then like you'll just somehow bump into it yeah absolutely i, I think the advertising is a big part of that you know a, a movie i really loved last year baby driver 
they they in their advertising oh, they, I'm, only they like 20, the, I'm only like 20 minutes in that movie <laughs> okay so i will not spoil it but i will say this in their advertising they they put the tomato meter score front and center in their advertising and i didn't want to know that you know that 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 movie was one of the most highly anticipated movies of the year for me and i didn't want to get spoiled and you know i was totally spoiled to it in their advertising so screw that man did the rotten tomato number reach the expectation that you didn't meet your expectation when you saw the movie um it's funny i think ultimately the the score was in line with how much i liked it um but the funny thing is this so I went in already really highly anticipating the movie, and the tomato meter score was such that I was, you know, I was definitely expecting a lot. And I think it was definitely part of my initial disappointment of the movie because in, it, instead of going into the movie and just sort of celebrating all the greatness of it, I, I think I found myself kind of nitpicking. I was like, I'm gonna like look for what's wrong with this movie, you know? And it kind of detracted from my experience. Like in the theaters, when I saw the movie in the theaters, it, it I didn't like it as much as like subsequent multiple viewings after I bought the Blu-ray, watching it at home. Yeah, That's when I really like fell in love with the movie. And um, sadly, I think the tomato meter was part of taking away from my movie-going experience that day. So <laughs> fuck Rotten Tomatoes, you know? Come on. <laughs> oh, man, Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, at, to, where, where's it going to get to, man? Like, is it going to get to a point where, you know, you're sitting in the theater and in the trailer you're going to just see 98%? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It, you know, I think there is uh, there's something to that, like a different metric. Yeah. You know, you know, we talked about like, so I think Cisco Niebert, they were the authorities for a long time. And, um, you know, they gave way to other other measures. Currently, it's RT. I, I don't think it's going to last forever. So there's that. But uh, and anytime there is like one sort of authority, I, that that's kind of problematic. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to play a little sound effect here because this is what tra- movie trailer is going to sound like in the future. Okay. All right. This Go. is what it's going to sound like. <laughs> this movie is rated 98%. It's going to be like that. <laughs> That's what trailer is going to be like. I, uh, I don't doubt it. You know, it's already, yeah, it's already seeping into the advertising, but uh, to make it part of like the, the focus of trailers, I could see that happening yeah. too, man. <laughs> Rotten tomatoes. <laughs> so beware, you know, beware don't go by watch they're eventually gonna have their own movie studio at some point and they're gonna start making their own movies (laughs) a scary thought indeed (laughs) with that we can wrap up the episode this is farewell from henry and rainier